Hi everyone, it's September 14th, 2012, and you're listening to episode 53 of Knit One Geek 2. I'm Karen. I'm Maggie. I'm Lauren. <laughs> Yay! We have a newbie with us tonight. Yep. She's very uncomfortable, so we won't look at her. <laughs> and we are piled in our SWAT vehicle after making our tactical attack on the Kitchener Waterloo Knitters Fair. Okay, who wanted the night vision goggles? I finally found them. <laughs> I don't think they would become quite useful. Not unless you wanted to make a like a strategic evening attack. Yeah, unless you want to sneak in before they like the night before. Yeah. After everything's been set up. So I just found them. I guess they don't they're not useful now. No. Okay. I'll take the maps and save them for next year though. Okay. With our elaborate battle plans drawn well, on them. Well, they're moving next year. Damn it, I'm gonna have to draw up new maps. <laughs> make sure you get the ventilation right this time. I got stuck in the air conditioning. It's not my fault you had too many donuts on the way to the fair. Hey, <laughs> Okay, so anyways, yes, we are back from the from the fair at Kitchener Waterloo. Eee! And uh, so was Lauren, by the way. Yes, this year we brought Lauren along. It was Lauren's very first knitting convention. And well, how did you feel, Lauren? It was scary, very overwhelming. But to begin <laughs> with, let's just start about what kind of knitting we're doing. Yes, do you want to go first? Sure. I did a whole bunch of finishing off. Yay! I have two very squishy, comfy-looking mittens. Squish, squish, squish. And this is made out of the Blackstone Tweed. Those are pretty. In that oatmeal color. And those are Eugenia's Mittens by Molly Woodworth. They were a very fast knit. I would recommend them if you've got a Christmas present. Because, you know, people, Christmas is coming. It's not like we're going to avoid it. Christmas is coming. These are a very fast knit. I would highly recommend them for presents for people in your world. Ooh, and they're very nice and warm, too. Yeah. I've got one in my hand. Maggie's got one in her hand. So I finished those. I have on my feetses my stocking net. I'm going back to basics socks. Yay! And yes, because it's actually been cool enough to wear dit socks. Oh my god! Thank God! Thank you! Girl. Thank you! And my elfling saw my socks and asked me to make him a pair with the same yarn. And luckily you have leftovers. Luckily I have leftovers because I didn't make the leg part of the sock too tall. So, and I thought it was a good idea because of that whole, you know, reinforcing the heel Mm -hmm. learning thing. So, you know, not wanting to do three heel techniques at the same time on the same sock. Yeah. I thought it would be a good idea to make little socks, Mm -hmm. to make wee socks, and reinstall that whole programming that we just did in my brain. Yes. And it's also good practice to take the, you know sock form and shrink it down so that you understand it because I do still want to do that patterning for Bob yes. later in the year. Yes, so I'm, resident socks. I'm considering this preparation and practice. So I have finished those. And what did you get at the Knitter's Fair? Did you get anything? I did not. I was Sherpa. Aww. I did not plan to get anything. Yeah. If that makes it any better. Yeah. I'm doing okay with the yarn. I, I I have my knitting planned out between now and the end of the year. And when I get to Christmas, I usually get a gift certificate to somewhere, so I'm usually... I'll be good until then. I mean, I've got enough lace to make three shawls at the moment, and I know I'm not going to fit that in between now and the end of the year, so... You know that you know that never stops me, right? I know that never stops you. <laughs> it never That doesn't stop a lot of people out there, but... So that's you for the last couple? Yes. Okay. So... I'll talk about what I've been knitting first. One reason we didn't record last week is because 
right after the Knitter's Fair, like, you guys actually dropped me off at the bus station in Kitchener. Yep. And I went straight up to Gravenhurst for a few days with my mother Mm -hmm. to relax after some fun getting the thing arranged. (laughs) There's nothing quite so fun as finding out you don't actually have a hotel room booked the weekend of the Toronto International Film Festival. Yippee skippy. (laughs) The night before you're supposed to stay there. Anyway, so I brought a few projects with me and I actually got some done despite my chronic sleep deprivation for the last five days. I still don't know how you made it to Knit Night last night. Force of will, man. Okay. So one of the things I brought up with me is the Fair Isle sampler scarf that I'm doing. Um, And this is the one I probably haven't mentioned it in about six episodes because I'm just working on it whenever I feel like it. But I brought it with me because all the colors that I've picked are sort of from that Muskoka area. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, there's the blues for the water and the sky. There's the greens for the trees and the moss and the lichen. And there's pinks and blacks for the rock in that area because it's this really cool granite, which is, you know, pink, uh, sort of stripes of pink and black and sparkly, like a thousand tiny diamonds. Yay. (laughs) Yep. So I basically, this is the one where I've mentioned before, I have not done a lot of Fair Isle and I'm still sort of figuring out how to put colors together and things like that. So I basically took a couple books with stitch patterns in them and I photocopied the stitch patterns that I wanted, put them in my knitting notebook. And then I you know, just randomly pick whatever pattern I want to do next and whatever colors I want to do next and how I want to right. do the color striping. Some of them work better than others, but it's basically the same sort of technique I used with a lace sampler shawl that I did, or scarf that I did years ago. And that I found that to be a really helpful sort of learning experience as to how lace works and stuff. So I'm doing it with Fair Isle this time. And I'm knitting it in a tube so that I can hide all the ends of yarn that I have. I'm actually going to trim them. You turn it inside out. It looks like a jellyfish. Yeah. I'm going to, I've woven some of them in like a few stitches and I'm going to trim them. And this is all in uh, Jameson's Shetland Spindrift. So it's, it's really true when people say, have talked about, you know, doing steaks or things like that, where you actually cut your knitting up the front. And especially if you're doing Fair Isle in Shetland yarn, the yarn is very sticky. It doesn't want to pull apart. Okay. So I'm sure I could probably cut these things down pretty short and they wouldn't actually come unraveled. It's a little scratchy, but whatever, it's a scarf. And it should soften up a bit with washing. And I also brought the the top secret project, which is <laughs> still ongoing. Yeah, I worked on that a bit. And I also brought my stockinette socks in Sweet Georgie Yarns in her Tough Love Sock in the Cold Mountain colorway. Mm-hmm. And I've got pretty much one foot finished and the other foot half finished. But it's a really nice yarn so far. I really like it. The colors are really pretty. It's like this light sort of aquamarine and dark navy blue and brown and white, which are, you know, my colors. I remember those. Yes, I remember yes. those socks that you were working on. And they sort of spiral in those colors. So... Like I mentioned to Maggie, she might not have bought anything at the Knitter's Fair, but I sure as hell did. So, first, uh, well, our first tactical move when we arrived was to head straight to the Indigo Dragonfly booth. And nobody can fault you for that. Especially because I wanted to get Indigo Fruit Flies mini skeins, packaged at mini skeins of her colors. I love that. I got one of the 10 packs, and it's all in blues and greens and teals. Can we sense the theme here? That looks like a Loki's wardrobe right there. Were you hiding in Loki's closet? Oh, there's a bunch of... Oh, man, there's a bunch of jokes I can make right here. (laughs) Pop out of the closet. I love you! Well, actually, no. No, at this point, I'd have to pop out of the closet and... Okay, moving along, moving along. 
Open the bag. Let's look at yes. the let's look at the yarn. <laughs> I'm trying not to spoil the person who's sitting here. I have issues with Loki for one thing, as many people will know. Um, I also grabbed one of her skeins of her merino nylon sock because it's in greens and blues and teals and it's gorgeous. And the colorway name is Tinker Belfast. Love it. And considering I'm a Titanic nut and I especially love the parts, you know, interested about the building of the ship in Belfast, I'm like, okay, this is mine. Taking it home. Are you noticing a reoccurring color trend? Yeah. I'm partial <laughs> to the same colors. That's okay. Um, I also got, I visited the Shall We Knit booth. Is that Shibui? Nope. This is Koigu. Let me just double check if they've got the address on here. Because Shall We Knit just moved recently. Yeah, they're now in Waterloo. And they had their usual wall of Koigu. Yes. I remember standing in front of that and you having to poke me with a stick every once in a while to make sure that I was still alive. Yeah, I remember I helped you pick the colors for For your linen linen stitch stitch scarf. Yes. So I got three skeins of Koigu in this lovely sort of different shades of blues because I want to actually make a shawl out of it. The colors are so pretty. Koigu is a fantastic yarn. Mm-hmm. It really is. It's that base I love and the colors are so pretty and ah! And I also got, they had a little bin of Koigu mill ends. Yes, go ahead and fondle, Lauren. They had a little bag of Koigu mill ends for you to pick through, and they were basically just charged by weight. Mm-hmm. So I got a couple little skeins of colors that I can use for my... Little G-strings? No. I do not want to think about a wool G-string, thank you very much. No, for my beekeeper's quilt. <laughs> okay. And these are in the... They're sort of reds and blacks, and there's another one with purple and orangey yellow and different other different colors of purple. And they're pretty! And then... Another thing I got at the fair is I've had this sort of design in my head for quite a while for a very sort of rustic, worsted weight shawl. And I've been looking for... Yarn. I kind of wanted to do something that was from like an independent farm or mill or, you know, something small producer. They know the sheep that this wool came from sort of thing. Yeah. And so I got some yarn from Roving Winds Farm. It's black Welsh mountain sheep, 70% of that and 30% VIP alpaca. And they have their website. Actually, it's www.rovingwindsfarm.ca. And it's an Aran weight and it's like a dark sort of charcoal gray heathery loveliness. I gotta wonder, what does VIP stand for when it's applied to an alpaca? Very high quality alpaca, I'll assume. Very important personage. (laughs) Alpaca. I'm sorry, I'm trying to think of other people. The alpaca that ends up in the champagne room? Yeah. And then, speaking of alpaca, while we were in Gravenhurst, of course, I had to try and make a trip to the yarn store in Gravenhurst. I love their Um, logo, too. And I just managed to get there, too, because we were leaving on Wednesday, and they're open Wednesday to Saturday. Okay. <laughs> we were there Sunday to Wednesday. Priorities, man. So we got into town. We went into town a little early, and it's like, oh, so we've got 45 minutes before the train. We've got an hour before the train comes. Um, I'm going to go to the yarn store, like, two blocks down. And this is so... This is from Gateway Fiberworks. And they're actually... There's a store, and they're actually a mill as well. And when you go to the store, they have, like... A window in the store that looks into the mill, or there's a set of stairs you can go into, and there's like a little catwalk around the mill. I love that. You can actually that. walk around and see like all the steps. So I love that. Preparing the fleece, washing it, carding it, um, you know, machine carding it and spinning it and everything like that. Do you know if they have that on the website to be available to like see? They're currently, I just checked their website earlier, and I should say their website is www.gatewayfiberworks.com. That's G A T E W A Y. F-I-B-R-E-W-O-R-K-S dot com. So it's the Canadian slash British way of 
writing fiber. And they're building, they're currently rebuilding their website. So they've got a lot okay. of information there about like how they do it. And they've got a lot of information about their building too, because their building is um, sort of state of, state of the art environmental engineering processes that went into building the building. They collect you know, the rainwater and snow melt from the roof and store it in, it actually used to be the public pool in Gravenhurst. So the pool is now a cistern that collects the water and they use that for the initial rinsing of the fleeces and stuff like that. And there's a lot of information about that on their website. It looks like under store and gallery, there's actually a little, the code is broken for a little Etsy gallery. Okay. But it looks like they'll have an Etsy, they might have an Etsy store soon or might have an Etsy store that they can, you can find some of their stuff. And they do custom spinning. Like if you have a fleece, you can send it to them and they will spin it up for you. Cool. And they have their prices listed on the website. But I got 341 yards of two ply 100% 100% super fine Ontario alpaca spun at Gateway Fiberworks. And what do you have plans for that to be? I'm thinking a very pretty lacy scarf. Okay, I can see that. It's in a natural sort of creamy white, so it would look really nice as, you know, lacy, delicate lacy scarf, I think. I think so too. It's so soft, oh my god. As soon as I touched it, I'm like, okay, this has to come home with me. And they have all kinds of blends and things, too. But I kind of like that that one was from, like, all Ontario alpaca. Yeah. Yeah. Right there. I'm like, okay, you have to come home with me. So that was my little spending spree. And Lauren, look at that. Look at you go. What did you get at the fair? You're going to have to work with me here because I don't remember names and stuff. We went went through everything. We did circles of both of the rooms. And then we went to sit down. Very, very overwhelming. Never seen so much yarn in my life. Yeah, because you've been to the yarn stores in Jordan, right? Yes. Like to stitch. Yes, and I stumbled upon one in Oakville, but nothing compares to this. And basically we made a plan. It was to decide what you wanted to do next. And I think the consensus was a hat because it was very simple, but your next step would be moving to circular needles. Which I was terrified to do. And let me say, I will never go back. <laughs> I will if there's projects that need to use straight needles. But if I can help it, I will never go back. It you is so much easier. It is so much easier. Once you go circ, you never go back. Yeah. Apparently. But Lauren is knitting the Knit Night hat. Yeah. This is the Knit Night hat by Judy Marples. It was originally published in Pearl Bumps. It is a free Ravelry download using uh, worsted weight yarn. I knit this myself probably a year ago, and some leftover swish. And uh, so having made it myself, I could easily recommend it as a very easy knit for a progressive knitter. Scared knitter. A scared knitter, <laughs> yes. A terrified knitter. Yeah. Lauren got to choose her yarn from Tannis Fiber Arts. Oh my mm. god, the colors. I, I wanted it all. You generally do when they Welcome are, to yeah. the club. Yeah, but I made her choose the color herself. And what color did you pick? I chose a red. It's called Poppy. My coat is, for winter is like the most brilliant blue you can think of, but not like a royal blue. And so, although I'm partial to blue, I decided that if I tried to go with a blue, it might be trying too hard. <laughs> and lately, with yarns, I just really like red. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I really like it. It's got a bunch of sort of different shades of red in it, mm-hmm. which I like. Yeah, it's one of those really pure, pretty tonal colorways. And you also got to pick up your first set of stitch markers. Yes, which are so cool and really fun. 
and kind of necess- kind of necessary when you start knitting in the round, so you know, so you can figure yeah, out you know where your end point is. Yeah, and I like that. Coincidentally, the one I'm using is a red flower that might be cool because the color of the yarn is called poppy, and the other ones are my favorite color of blue. Color coordinating stitch markers. There you go. I passed. And you seem to be doing really well. You look like you've gotten past all of the brim work. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I'm just knitting now. And now you're just knitting, 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 knitting. I also <laughs> definitely have noticed a difference. I have only used cotton, like 100% cotton, mm-hmm. and acrylic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah. now you're using wool. This, this is your, this is your this first is goodwill. Much, it, it is much different. I've been knitting a lot of dishcloths lately, and oh, yeah. I've decided I'm not knitting dishcloths for a while. <laughs> there is no give to the cotton. Squish, squish, squish. I was about to say, like that's one of the big differences you'll notice yeah. between cotton and wool, is that wool actually mm. has bounce. It, it stretches out, whereas the cotton is very and, unforgiving. Yep. Yeah. Which I'm is not moving. Important for me because I've started to notice that I'm knitting quite tightly, mm-hmm. or more so than before. And sometimes I'm like, "Would you just get off the needle there?" Yes, yeah, so. your gauge will change. Your gauge will change yeah. based on like your mood or your your comfort, or if you're watching a particular movie. <laughs> <laughs> and certain socks that go. <laughs> yeah, but you're and liking it. You're having fun with it. You yeah. will find your own sort of gauge. Yeah, some people just stay at a tight gauge and they say, okay, I know I knit a tight gauge, I'm going up an extra needle size because I know that's how I am. And that's fine. That's a person's gauge. Yeah. It's kind of like your handwriting. Mm-hmm. Everybody's handwriting is different. Right. That's why you do gauge swatches. Or good people do, good knitters do <laughs> gauge swatches. We won't talk about that. Okay, so shall we move into Geek Squee? Geek Squee! I still think that we should have a, like a little... Instrumental there. Geek squee. Geek squee. Geek squee. Okay, so starting with yet more Joss Whedon Avengers news to get it over with. <laughs> Hopefully y'all are fans of the Avengers, because this stuff does do, just does not end. There's a few more details about the S.H.I.E.L.D. TV show. <coughs> Apparently Joss says he's actually, you know, fairly in, far into the process. He had, well, he says he's got a full framework and cast. Now, in the article about, uh, about this on the Mary Sue, they mention cast may, is unlikely to mean like actual actors cast in the parts. But he might know, he probably knows like, okay, these are all the characters that we have. So he's got the cast of characters and got an idea of what the, what he's going to do with the series. He says it's going to be its own thing. It kind of needs to be. He says, and I'm quoting here from what he said, uh, it needs to be adjacent to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but you don't want to do a show where you're constantly going, Iron Man just left, but he was totally here a minute ago. Because obviously it might be kind of difficult to get Robert Downey Jr. to even do like cameos on the show, considering just, he's kind of busy. Just a little bit. So they're probably going to do like, you know, what S.H.I.E.L.D. is doing when the Avengers are off handling something else or, you know, not needed or something like that. Okay. But this certainly looks like it could be interesting. I can't wait to see what this is like. Oh my god. But yes, I'm sure there will be more new. There will definitely be more news as like parts get cast and things like that. And things leak out. And yes, and set pictures leak out. And I saw pictures of Sif. Yes. Thor. Thor too. Yeah. Some... And there was a couple pictures of Chris Hemsworth too. And his body double, or his stunt double. Yes, I saw that, too. <laughs> there was one where they're actually standing there looking at each other, and it's kind of creepy. I could deal with a lot of, you know, 
Asgardian princes. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter if they all look the same. That's okay. <laughs> and in other Joss news, as a short note, um, as we've mentioned before, Joss Whedon's Much, do- Much Ado About Nothing, the uh, version of the Shakespeare play he filmed in his backyard, was at the Toronto Film Festival. Unfortunately, I didn't get to go... Because, well, for one, I'm sure the, for the premiere of the tickets, I think they probably sold out before when it was just members or the membership that was able to buy tickets. And then they probably sold out. If there were any left, they probably sold out in minutes after they went public. But also just because of the timing, it was like, yeah, I can't go. But thankfully, it has been picked up by, by Lionsgate and Roadside Attractions to distribute in North America. So hopefully it will be appearing in more cities in North America. And even if it only gets only gets re-released in Toronto, not locally to us, I am totally going. <laughs> I've heard it's good from a few people. And I really want to see it. Oh my god. There's actually a couple interviews and stuff that I've seen with Joss and Nathan Fillion and Clark Gregg and other people. Okay. Eekwee. Nerd. Yes. In other news. Well, moving into more of, of the superhero world, at Dragon Con, that hap- if you remember, happened a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. there was a wedding, and um, it might remind you of a particular Marvel X-Men comic book cover. <laughs> I saw pictures of this. This is awesome. The cover of Astonishing X-Men number 51 shows the marriage of North Star and his mortal or you mundane non-superhero boyfriend, Kyle. Mm-hmm. So it is a gay wedding on the front cover, and all of the superheroes are arranged in the background and in the peripheral. Well, at Dragon Con, we have something just like that happening. Because that's an awful lot of superheroes going on right there. Yep. And it's all Mar- Marvel Universe cosplayers. Yep. And we do, indeed, have a marriage going on right in front, and it looks like a mirror image. Yeah, as soon as I, I was flipping through um, someone's Flickr stream of photos from Dragon Con, and as soon as I saw it, I'm like, oh my god, that's the cover of X-Men, the one that we mentioned a few months ago. We don't know the actual names of the couple, but we do know that a Reddit user, Green Arrow FL, marries his boyfriend, and they've been together for 20 years. And of course, when looking at the photos, there's always the fun Where's Waldo-ness of looking at the picture of the cosplayers and trying to pick out every single character. I've seen... I see Captain America. I've seen two Captain Americas. And, and Nick Fury. I've seen two Nick Furies, and I've seen three Spider-Men. Oh, there are, there are quite a few Venoms in there, too. I don't think they would have rules of, like, <laughs> only people from cosplaying as people from the Marvel Universe can be at this at this event. At this Vedin? Yeah. And speaking of Dragon Con, I got a Prezi! From Dragon Con! Well, not Ooh. from Dragon Con itself. But my friend who went down got me an early Christmassy Prezi. Ooh. This is the third book of the Vampire Empire series. I think I mentioned them at the beginning of our podcast, way back in the dawn of ages when, you know, we started talking about this, when we started podcasting. And it is a steampunk vampire type of genre. This is book three, The Kingmakers, by Clay Griffith and Susan Griffith. And, ta-da! It is autographed and signed to me. It's from the Vampire Empire series. Yep. So, book one is called The Grey Friar. Book two is The Rift Walker. And book three, having just been released, is The Kingmakers. So you have some reading to do. I do has reading to do. Yay, murder stuff to read. Oh, I have something to show you that I forgot to mention to you. Yes. I said I was going to spring on you. Yes. 
This got sent to us. Amazing librarian tattoos. Oh my god, that's awesome. You know who sent this? <laughs> who? My brother. It turns out my electrical engineering brother listens to our podcast. Oh dear. Oh dear. By the way, I should mention, if anybody is listening to this who we gave a card to at the Kitchener Waterloo Waterloo Knitters Fair, welcome aboard! Hey, welcome and aboard. And if I looked at all, and looked at you funny or anything like that, I had three hours of sleep last night, so I apologize. Or if I nearly fell and stumbled into your, you know, person, <laughs> I apologize for that too. Card catalog, sleeve. Oh my god! Silhouette of someone shushing someone else. Superhero. Librarian. Awesome. Oh, library icon. Those book tree. Audio reels, books, and then the library icon at the bottom. That's so cool. It's a tree with all those elements in it. Dewey Decimal Number Tattoo. <laughs> 027, that's the library books. Like the books about libraries. Okay. It says, only those well-versed in the, in yeah. the decimal system will actually get the reference without having to look yeah. it up. Number for books on operating libraries for children. Harry Potter Dewey Decimal Number. In the Harry Potter font. The, oh, that would be the biographies of J.K. JK biographies of J.K. Rowling and critical stuff would be, critical essays and stuff like that would be under that Dewey number. She's good. Yeah. I would hope I would. <laughs> oh, wow. It looks like an Egyptian queen who is also a librarian. Yeah, with hieroglyphics. and Wow. Librarian skull with crossed books in the background. There's a librarian voodoo doll. Librarian tarot card. Wow. Those are amazing. No way in hell I'm getting a librarian tattoo. <laughs> Because I don't like needles. Thanks for sending those to us, Mikey. Yes, thanks for that. And one of the other things that has come out while we were on our wee vacation was there has been a trailer released for the movie Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunters. And you might recognize a certain Avenger. Yes. He does not carry his bow with him in this particular. Yes. Jeremy Renner plays Hansel and Gemma Arterton plays Gretel. In this version where the kids have grown up. And are kicking ass. Yes. Influenced by their experience as children. And it looks... I've seen some people compare it to Van the movie Van Helsing. I've seen other people sort of compare it to... Or liken it to the Sherlock Holmes movies with Robert Downey Jr. Where it's kind of set in a time and place. But there are things from more advanced times in it. Sort of like a, a steampunky kind of thing. Yep. Except not in the Victorian era. And... It doesn't matter. The boy still looks good in leather. Mm-hmm. I am definitely not arguing with that. Yeah, looking at the trailer... There's lots of explodey things. <laughs> yeah, lots of explodey things. It, There's it lots looks of... like it could be bad, or it could push past bad straight into supremely awesomely bad. Yeah, which is a fine geek quality. Yes, that is only rarely achieved. It definitely looks like it's going to be high on the cheese, so. So just be prepared for that and you'll be fine. Yeah. I mean, we went in prepared for that when we went to go see Mirror Mirror. Yeah. Still weren't prepared for the Bollywood, but. No, was not prepared for the Bollywood. <laughs> if Jeremy Renner starts dancing the Bollywood. Oh my god. I'm okay with that. Oh my god, I would pay good money to see that. <laughs> that would make my life. Jeremy, if you're listening to this. We'll donate money to charity. After credits, Bollywood ending, man. <laughs> we'll donate anything you want to charity. But we want a video of this. <laughs> well, speak for yourself. I have next to no money. So, <laughs> Moving along before I get myself in trouble with the law. Oh, my God. Okay. And this is just a very quick little tidbit. Everybody with a computer, and I know you have a computer because you downloaded this podcast. Go to... Though you go- may not be listening to it on your computer. Well, yeah, true, but you were able to download it one way or the other. Mm-hmm. Go to your browser and go to Google. 
I don't know if it works in google.ca, but I know it works in google.com. It automatically goes to google.ca when I put in Google. Okay, so. there you go. Type in the word bacon, all right? Do a space. Type in the word number. It may have already prompted you with something by now. But type in a space, and then type in any celebrity name you want. It will probably prompt you with Johnny Depp, but you can put in anything you like. I tried Tom Hiddleston. Mm-hmm. And it worked. I did Clark Gregg. Um, and then press return, and you will get the bacon number. That will be the six degrees of Kevin Bacon. Yes. It is the cheating version of six degrees of Kevin Bacon. And underneath, it will tell you that, in this case, we have Johnny Depp. It says Johnny Depp's bacon number is two. Johnny Depp and Helena Bottom Carter appeared in Dark Shadows. Helena Bottom Carter and Kevin Bacon appeared in Novocaine. So it gives you, explains each step of the bacon number. Now, if anyone has not heard of Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon, basically it's that idea of six degrees of separation where, you know, you can pick any two people on Earth and you can connect them from, with like only six people in between. So because Kevin Bacon has been in so many movies which have a sort of fairly large cast or ensemble cast, ages ago there was a game created called Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon where you try and connect any actor to Kevin Bacon in as few steps as possible. Like I said, this is just the cheating version. And finally, there's a little bit of news in the Hobbit movie sphere, because the Hobbit iPhone app may have given us hints as to how the Hobbit movie is being being split up. Now, before Comic-Con, when Peter Jackson actually announced that the Hobbit movie was going to be split into three movies, uh, Warner Brothers released a huge sort of scrolling image with like all these different, you know, images and scenes from different, from different parts of the movie. Then just recently, when, uh, Warner Brothers released an official app for the movie, if anyone has seen this, please let us know because we would like to know like what this app looks like. It also contains the giant scrolling image, but it's not the exact same image. Certain eagle-eyed people at the OneRing.net noticed that it's been shortened by three scenes and it had one scene tacked on, which would seem to hint at what's going to be covered in the first movie. And if you really want to see a description of what's cut, what's been removed and everything like that, you can check out, I'm sure the OneRing.net will have it as well. I'm looking at a article on the Mary Sue. It's at themarysue.com slash hobbit dash movie dash ending. I won't go into describing it. Because if you haven't, if you don't know The Hobbit, it won't mean anything to you. And if you don't want to get spoiled, it will spoil you. You know, and of course it's speculation, but it kind of makes sense that they would change things up for the first movie in that way. So if you're curious, you can go check it out because there's only, ooh, and there's only like three months left. Yep. Oh, wait. September, October, four months left. That's okay. That gives us lots of time to knit. Yes. Which we, which we will be discussing later. Okay. <laughs> this is something that Lauren picked up at Fan Expo that we told Karen she cannot see until about this time in the podcast. So yes, first of all, take a sniff. Ooh, it smells nice. Okay. This is the person's business card. Okay. So it's Mooka Bath and Body Studio. It's M-O-O-K-A dot C-A. Handmade Shea Butter Soap. Oh my god! That is so cool! It's soap. It's a meteorite. Yes. It's soap shaped like a meteorite. With the Superman S in the front of it. That is awesome! They also had a bunch of other, like, geek-related symbols and stuff like that. Like, the spaceship, I think, was from Star Trek. Like, crashed into it, so you only see part of it coming out. Oh my god. I don't know much about Star Trek, so it didn't really mean much to me. And Mm, it just smells smells really really nice. Yeah, so that's M-O-O-K-A dot C-A. 
if you want to check it out. Which my, leads into... My fingers are all soft now. Yeah, I can still feel it in my fingers. Which leads into Cravings, Covets, and Crushes. Yes. And we have quite a few things this time, because we found lots of goodies. Yeah. One of the things that was found that came courtesy of the Mary Sue are some goodies, literally, to eat from Etsy. If anybody out there is a solar system fanatic, you can lick the solar system. There How are many licks to the center of Earth? Three. <laughs> There's always three. Planet Solar System Spaceball-style edible candy lollipops. And they are styled and colored just like the planets of the solar system. That one's obviously Jupiter. Yeah. Saturn is the only one where it looks like it was actually painted on because you've got to incorporate the ring. Yeah, where the where the ball itself is not the planet. Yeah. It's like the image of the planet inside the lollipop because you have to include the rings. The and other that, ones it's like it's like Earth on a stick. Yeah. That one's Earth with all of the cloud and ocean patterns. And it looks like she's got really high demand for these. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so these ones actually won't be shipping until January 1st, 2013. It's a pre-order. And you can get them either in cotton candy or strawberry. Mm. So it's for 10 pieces of Edible Images Planets Lollipops. So they included the Sun and Pluto as well. So you get the Sun, Mercury, Venus, Earth, Mars, Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, Heat, Neptune, <laughs> and Pluto. Yes, we're 12. <laughs> And the, it's, um, the stars are made with edible glitter to simulate yeah, stars. Yeah, the backs of each cool. one has stars that are, are basically edible glitter. I love it. They're each, beautiful. all lollipops are individually wrapped and sealed. And that Those is made really by pretty. Vintage Confections, all one word, on Etsy. V-I-N-T-A-G-E-C-O-N-F-E-C-T-I-O-N-S. Oh, and she's been featured in Martha Stewart and Brides. No wonder. She's yeah. gotten orders. No wonder she's gotten, she's... These are so popular. Yeah. It looks like she's got a lot of other lollipops and stuff there, too, but these ones look awesome. Yeah. These ones have geek appeal. Uh, they're out of this world. Ba-dum-bum. I was genuinely thinking, like, they're out of this world cool, and it just, it worked. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the show, Lauren. See, you fit right in. <laughs> Neapolitan ice cream ones. They've got bloody bones for Halloween ones. That's cool. Pumpkin cheesecake lollipops. Those gotta be good. Ooh. Peach cobbler. Flat round ones. Apple cinnamon, the butterfly style ones. Oh, and there's oh. one with insects and spiders and, y and yuckies. Anyways, moving on. Yeah, actually, this is from, this is a Etsy shop that belongs to a listener. Woohoo! She actually sent us a package. I believe we might have briefly mentioned it, but I don't think we actually looked at her shop and saw what other kind of stuff we had there. She's the one, it's the one who sent the poster ah! and stitch markers. Cool. Brave and she poster. has, um, a shop called Timeless Creations. And actually her Etsy address, it's etsy.com slash shop slash B-L-C-L-L-C. And she has some gorgeous yarn and fiber, including yarns named after Doctor Who characters or inspired by them. Tiny wimey Yes. There's one called, <laughs> and there's one in her sold stuff, there's one called Wibbly Wobbly. So you can have Wibbly Wobbly Timey Wimey. Timey Wimey is different shades of purples, and Wibbly Wobbly is different shades of blues. Oh my gosh. And That would be cool for a striped shawl. Exploding TARDIS sock yarn. Yes. It's like that bright blue and yellow. A TARDIS in the garden. I'd like a TARDIS in the garden. Bigger on the inside. Those are some of the sold ones, but actually, the ones that she has in the shop, one of the ones I love, it's called Everybody Knows That Everybody Dies. Which sounds appropriate for a Stephen Moffat show, really. Oh, jeez. 
And it's like green you mean fading he, to white. You mean so he gorgeous. who is no longer on Twitter. Yes. Ooh, Merino Cashmere Nylon. Oh. Wow. Uh, that one's also really cool. It's called Hello, Sweetie, <laughs> inspired by River Song. And it's like this one spot of red that sort of fades out onto the white. That could make some really interesting socks with this red spiral stripe. Yeah. Red spiral against the white. Very Christmassy, I would think, once knit up. It looks more like white yarn that got blood soaked in one spot. <laughs> well, it looks like that in its hank form. Maybe not knit up. And if it does, you could always just say that vampire bit you. And there's stitch markers, including the keys to 2 to 1B that I had. Not called the keys, the keys to 2 to 1B in the shop. And there's some gorgeous roving, too. Look at the colors. Oh, my God. Ooh, sunrise is really pretty. It's like purple going to pink to red to orange to yellow. It does look like a it does. sunrise it does. sky. Yeah. And seaweed with blues and greens and teals and aquas. And I'm easy. What can I say? You left that open like, way too far. <laughs> I knew I left that open oh my God. right before I said it. And I'm just standing there in the doorway going, I don't know what to do with this. <laughs> There's some other yarns. There's some gorgeous ones that are inspired by Monet paintings that I want. Water lily. Mm. And there's also, she also has hand spun yarn too. So there are some pretty stuff there. So people should go check that out. And like I said, that's Etsy.com slash shop slash BLC LLC. Now into a little bit of the geek electronic mechanical world. There is a ring clock that is mechanical jewelry. And if you want to think of stacking rings, it act- it actually is one ring, but just bear with me here while I try and describe this to you. Stacking rings and each of the rings will swivel and turn independently. They'll rotate around your finger independently to highlight the hour and minute. And it looks like even the second. Wow. Because that's what I presume that is. Yeah, the smallest ring. Now, it's not that you would feel them rotating on your finger, because this is all one. You can see on the interior, that's all one Yeah, the casing. Inside, okay, yeah, the, the, it's, there's an inside, yeah, there's a casing so that you don't feel it moving on the inside of your finger. And then each of the separate turning rings are sort of mounted inside. Them. Right. But instead of wearing a watch, you would look down at your ring and different numbers would be aligned over each other and lit. So it's not that you have to rotate your hand to see, okay, dang it, where's the where's yeah. the lit number? They're all on the top, hence the reason for the rings to rotate, mm-hmm. and they would all be lit one over the other. That's really cool. And it's done in 24-hour system. And I found it at interestingengineering.com, www.interestingengineering.com. I've got, that is really cool. I've got geek friends that have posted this on their Facebook and saying, give me a price. Give me a damn price and take, <laughs> take my, my money. money. Yes. It looks like there's a, it's been done in black as well as, you know, silver slash aluminum mm-hmm. stainless, actually stainless steel, it looks like. Now, the only thing this needs is some sort of alarm system. You know, just like a little, either the ring turns really cold or it sort of like vibrates a little bit going, <laughs> oh yeah, I gotta go pick up the kids now. Excuse me. I don't know how one would set that in a second. I don't know way. either, but you know what? There, there are smart people out here, out there that figure that <laughs> stuff out. Someday. Somebody smart figured this out? Yeah. That is really pretty. It looks definitely more like a man's ring sort of thing. Yeah, I was thinking they just need to set a few diamonds in there and we're good. I would seriously <laughs> want one of those. Okay, and finally, I found something for the Sherlock fans. Oh, this is so cool. You know you're going to want this. So, this is, and I will say, this is a real thing you will actually be able to buy. So, ForbiddenPlanet.com has a Cluedo board game 
The Sherlock edition. And for those who haven't seen the show or don't know what Cluedo is, it's basically the British name for the game of Clue. I'm assuming there was some copyright thing at some point, which meant they couldn't use the name Clue. But yeah, it's basically the regular game, mystery game, but with Sherlock locations and characters. So it literally could be Sherlock at 221B with the violin. Yeah, well, I mean, in the description, it says, Now Sherlock Holmes and John Watson's adventures in 21st century London are the centerpiece for their own version of the classic game of Cluedo. Who killed Moriarty? Was it Mrs. Hudson in the Tower of London with the wrench? Or Irene, a- Irene Adler in 221B with a candlestick? You'll need all your wits about you to find out. I that want one! Awesome. This looks so awesome! Now, do we know if that's going to be available like on the Western Hemisphere? Well, the website, it looks like it's a British website because the, the price listed is in pounds. It looks like it's going to be 30 pounds. It is a pre-order at the moment. Players have confirmed a current ship date to all retailers as 31st October 2012. I don't know if it's going to be available on this side of the pond, but I looked in their FAQs for ForbiddenPlanet.com and it looks like they do ship internationally. That would be a big Christmas gift. And then there would be board game nights. <laughs> like going on at knit night. Oh yeah. At the same oh, time. Oh hell yeah. So I'd be bringing this to knit night. Oh hell yeah. Like dude, we were playing a Sherlock clue. Hopefully the board would not end up stabbed to the wall with a knife like Watson and Holmes's copy of the game. Well, we can't make any promises. Yeah, I'm looking just looking for at their um delivery stuff. It says yes we can deliver orders outside the United Kingdom. If you are an EU resident, your postage rates are calculated for you at the checkout stage. If you're living outside Europe, please contact us and tell us which items you wish to buy. We'll then provide you with a shipping quote based on the order's weight, size, and destination. So, I'd like to point something out. Yes? The newbie knitter has been knitting and not looking at her knitting for a while. Mm-hmm. I might have picked that up a couple weeks back, but I, it's not foolproof. Like, I still... No, it's never foolproof. No, really have to look sometimes. But it shows that you're getting really familiar with the motions. Yeah. Because yeah. that's how it starts. You don't realize you're right. <laughs> I really hate when you're right. That's like the third time this week. I think. Wasn't it just like the other day you were like, how do you do that when I was knitting away and not really looking at what I was doing? Because you guys are machines. No, I've introduced you to machines. Because we have practice. And if you knit enough... Like you have been, you'll be able to do it too, because you already have started doing it. Okay, so moving on. So, one major thing we should talk about is... Hobbit along! Yes! I just imagine, you know, running along after dwarves. (laughs) Okay. See, a hobbit along is very bouncy. Unfortunately, those sound effects don't really translate well to the the audio medium, and half the time I have to cut them out. Sorry. All right, fine. (laughs) So, yes... We are starting The Hobbit along. By the time you hear this, I will put up the thread in the Ravelry group. You can obviously participate. If you're not in the Ravelry group, you can post photos and comments and stuff to the blog. But, you know, you can talk to more people if you're in the, is a member of the Ravelry group. And Ravelry is free to join, just a reminder. It's also an incredible resource. Yes. Amazing um, resource. Patterns OMG. Yes. But, so, for this Hobbit along... Yeah. There is no suggested pattern, no suggested time to start. The only thing is that we're basically gearing this towards, you know, stuff we want to finish for the midnight showing of the movie. You are encouraged to make it Middle Earth-y, 
Yes. But it's not a mandate. Yeah, you don't have to pick a pattern specifically inspired by Lord of the Rings. It could be anything to do with dragons or fantasy or elves or whatever or you these want. Or these are socks that I think a hobbit would wear. Yes. Something like that. But basically what we're doing is we're starting at this early so that people who are doing larger projects... Or crazy projects. Like, say, Maggie and I, can get started on it. I have not received my yarn yet, but, you know, hopefully soon. And then what you can do is, depending on what you want to do for it, you join in however far ahead of the release date you think you're going to need. If you want to knit socks, and you can knit a pair of socks in a month, then you start in mid-November. If you're knitting a shawl, like Maggie is... Yep. And you think it's going to take you quite a while... Yep. You can start in September because the release date for The Hobbit is the 14th of December. This, what I'm holding, was the Battle Weary Dragon Shawl yarn that I will be using. It is Malabrigo lace mm -hmm. in the color of sealing wax. And the pattern is Battle Weary Dragon Shawl by Mandy's Moon. That is spelled M-A-N-D-Y-Z or Z, depending on what country you're in. Moon. And it is... The the shawl concept is a dragon. You can see, like, the central spine. Mm -hmm. And all of the scales in the lower half lace portion mm -hmm. have beadwork in them. Ooh. And my concept was, I'm not going to use just a red on red bead. I'm going to use reds, but also coppers and golds Ooh. to imply... Because I, one of the things I remembered about The Hobbit was that because of the the mass of smog... And the amount of his hoard, just the golden gems that were pressed into his scales from him lying on it, mm -hmm. was enough to buy a kingdom. So that's sort of what I'm doing, is I'm mixing up red and gold and brass and all of those colors and putting them in the beadwork for the scales. It, it's a plan. I don't know if I'm actually going to, you know, be in my right mind by the end of it, because this is my very first beadwork. I'm a little nervous, but there we go. That's why that's why I finished off all my other little projects, mm -hmm. so that I have this to focus on. I'm doing the Lothlorien Shawl by Susan Pandorf. It's part of her Fellowship of the Ring uh, series of patterns. Or rather, I should say, Lothlorien Cape. I should say. It's not a shawl, it's a cape. And I'm going to be doing it in Blue Moon Fiber Arts that socks that rock heavyweight. So I'm doing it in the Tempest colorway. Okay. Love it. Mm, it's blue. So pretty. Yeah, it's a darker grayish... Bluey. It reminds me of the capes that they were given at in the fellowship. Mm hmm Yeah. Eee! You so need <laughs> yes. you so need one of the Lothlorian pins. Yeah. Um unfortunately, like I said, the yarn isn't here yet, but you know, it'll get here. So hopefully I'm going to be start that soon. So like I said, as soon as you know, before this episode goes up, I will have the thread in the Ravelry group Ravelry group. As I said, there's no specific pattern you need to choose or no specific yarn. You can pick whatever the heck you want. It doesn't have to have any sort of connection to the Hobbit if you don't want it to. <laughs> Just aiming for that December fourteenth finish date. Yep. So that hopefully I can wear my cape to the midnight showing of The Hobbit. Mm -hmm. And hopefully <laughs> I can wear my shawl. Yep. Hopefully by then I'll have a clue what any of this is about. That's oh, we will watch the that's movie okay. before then, trust me. That's that my is goal. okay. It's not knitting, but that's my goal. So there was one other thing we need to do. Yes, and it's very important to all of you listening out there. Yes. So, as we mentioned in episode 50, we have a little contest to celebrate our first year slash 50 episodes yes. of podcasting. And we need to pick a winner. So, let me get to episode 50. And we had 63 different people. 
So. Generate. Generate number. 44. Number 44. So. And we were doing this by comment number. So. Comment number 44. Jesse, who I think we met the first year, last year at the Knitter's Fair. Okay. Chessie, come on down! And this was the podcast where we asked everybody to comment on what they found that was geeky in their lives. Yes, what they have discovered that's geeky. And so she said, thanks for reviving, supporting, slash supporting the geekdom of my youth and my new geekiness, Firefly, Dresden, and best of all, John Scalzi. So yay, you have won a prize, which is the TARDIS needle Needle sizer, needle gauge, as well as other little goodies that I'm going to throw in. And we will be in contact with you to yes. get your snail mail sort of stuff. Congratulations! Congrats! There will be another drawing, but it will be at the next episode. So, have no fear. But I believe that's all for this week. Yes, that is. So, we will see you next week. we still got to get this SWAT car back through the city and <laughs> yes. find, find a place to park it. Yes, and I have to add all this, find places for all this new addition to my stash. Okay. Lauren, any final comments on having shared this lunacy with us? I don't even know. And there you have it. (laughs) Yes, she gets to see, she has gotten to see firsthand exactly how we operate when we podcast. Okay, I kind of loved Knit Night last night. I just (laughs) kind of did. Because when I asked the knitters around the table to please comment on on their stash in terms of skeins, and people were calling out numbers, and I'm not going to name numbers here. Mm-hmm. But uh, the illustrious Michelle yes. commented that she was the knitting vampire of the group because she's been knitting for so long. Yes. And she's had all that time to acquire the stash. And <laughs> your comment. <laughs> yes. I have the, the, the triple stash. Yes. It seems to multiply every time I look away. And I'm sorry, that was really, that was that was a brilliant geek moment. So we'll leave you with that thought of triple stash. <laughs> My yarn is mating. Multiply. Okay, wait. Whoa. <laughs> Hot yarn on yarn action. Alpaca, don't do that to Kashmir. You know he's sensitive. <laughs> <laughs> so this is where yarn blends. <laughs> okay, okay, do yes. not make me put you guys into separate baskets. Okay, yes. All right, so, we have to go now. <laughs> we should go now. Bye, everybody. Bye. Have a good week. And that is how we podcast.